0: there we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message to find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved check out our website message.org.uk glad to have people joining us online as well so welcome um great to have people here though uh, message in Charleston. and uh, we're going to start um This year by looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 7. So have a little look, we've been chugging our way through 2 Corinthians. Um, I started this year with some of those stories of graves into gardens, mourning to ashes... Jesus doing the things that only he can do because I think the first three messages I got uh, were a couple from my advanced groups. Oh, have you read this on Facebook? And then Danielle said, oh, have you read this on Facebook? And it was three beautiful messages, testimonies that people have posted like at midnight or just around midnight at the start of 2022. People at Message Community Church here reflecting on the last year. Listen to this. Just want to wish everybody a happy new year. Thank you for everything you've done for me this past year. You've shown me a new path in life and also introduced me to some amazing people. I will be forever grateful. Can't wait for my new journey to begin in the new year. And I know how broken that lady was and what's happened. The second message that came in almost immediately after, right at the start of 2022 was, I entered entered 2021 at rock bottom and I'm leaving it feeling on top of the world. Without the message and Jesus, I'm not sure where I'd be. This person wanted to die at the start of 2021. Now she's full of life in Jesus. And then almost immediately on my advanced group came in this, on my little lads group. won't tell you what that's called, secret. But uh, on my little lads group came this message from Facebook. Um, what a year 2021 has been. At the start of this year, I'd never been so low. I felt so hopelessly lost. In March, I walked into the community grocery and everything changed. I met some of the most beautiful people, but more importantly, I met Jesus and my life's been changed forever. I was baptised in August and I've never felt so free and alive. And these are the public declarations of these people. This is what these people want the world to know, that Jesus turns graves into gardens. Yeah, he's the only one who can. And uh, he's wonderful and we rejoice in it. Shortly after those messages, I got this message from my friend Isaac Sally. And here's a picture of him. Did I tell you that Isaac prophesied over the message and over my life that we're going to see double blessing this year? And uh, there he is doing that very thing. And it meant such a lot to me that as he prophesied double blessing, uh, there was a double Andy Hawthorne. It may not feel like much of a blessing to other people in the room, but to me it was massive and uh, I loved it, and I felt such expectancy on the back of that word. Well, Isaac sent me a message saying, Andy, um, I had a dream this morning. We're in a big hall, at the, and when Isaac Sally has a dream, you know, you put your ears up, you know, a technical, a God dream. He's had several of them up around the message. They've always been significant. He's a man who hears the Lord. I had a dream this morning. We're in a big hall at the message, and it looked like the academy hall, but its space was three times bigger than the existing room it was a key gathering for war horse men and women that had been deployed in different nations and it was an end of year celebration to hear what was happening in these nations and there was so much joy in the room because we'd reached millions of souls you came into the big room and sat near a lady that looked like danielle the reason she looked like danielle is because danielle's dyed her hair but he was danielle she looked like danielle <laughs> And she she had a list of people that you were asking to share from region after region. And you came and asked me to present stories of the work of the message in Uganda. And it was so exciting because so many had been reached. And there was a young man called Julius. And you asked me to give him a portion to share, to encourage him. I believe the Lord wants you, Andy, to prepare war horsemen and women now to enter the harvest field so that by the end of this year 2022 we will look back and see so many souls brought into the kingdom and the work of advance is going to be so key in this season. It was also the first stream I had where I was literally like I've just come from Uganda to present the work of the message and we'll be praying that the work continues to bring More clarity, the joy in the work had increased and we saw with our eyes a bumper, bumper harvest. Anybody excited about that? That's what we're believing for. That's what we believe the Lord's promised us and we're we're gonna do whatever it takes to see that fulfilled. Um, Love it. So let's get into 2 Corinthians chapter four with a real sense of expectancy. God loves, uh, God loves expectant faith. He wants us to come this morning, looking into 2022. of course will be challenges, but he loves expectancy and faith based on his promises. Um, So I believe that Isaac Sally prophesied over this ministry, what's well, been prophesied multiple times, that it's a next level thing going on. This year is going to be next level. Through Advance 2022, the Festival Manchester, through Eden, through skills work, through so much of what we're involved in, in the hubs internationally. We're going to see next level stuff. Anybody heard this? Next level, next devil. And I'm going to do my very best to enjoy every moment of it. I want to walk in the joy of the Lord. I want to enjoy all he's doing, but I'm not daft enough to know that there will be great opposition. If there's going to be great breakthrough, inevitably there's going to be great opposition. And Paul, probably the greatest missionary the world's ever seen, knew a thing or two about next level, didn't he? How about this for next level? You know, going from the level of the law to the next level of the law of of, of grace? How about going from the level of Jerusalem to the next level of the ends of the earth? How about going from the level of the Holy Spirit coming onto a man for purpose, but the Holy Spirit dwelling in a temple in Jerusalem to the the next level of the Holy Spirit being poured out on all flesh? Do you get me? Paul knew a thing or two about next level, didn't he? But he also knew a thing or two about next devil. And in 2 Corinthians 4, he writes down these amazing things to this baby church in Corinth. We have, from verse 7, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we are are all alive but are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal bodies so that death is at work in us but life is at work in you. Wow, what a testimony. I mean, I don't really have many concerns that people at The Message will teach prosperity gospel. I think it's unlikely that you're going to go into school and say, if you give your life to Jesus, everything in the garden will be rosy. You'll be healthy, wealthy, successful. All your problems will go away. We don't believe that heresy. But I do have a concern that some of us secretly expect prosperity gospel. Secretly, we expect we'll give our life to Jesus and there won't be many trials and troubles. And when trials and troubles come our way, God will remove them quickly. And we're surprised. But he says in the book of James, do not be surprised when many trials come along of every kind for the Christian. Don't be surprised. We imagine that words like crushed, perplexed, abandoned shouldn't be part of our vocabulary as Christians. Struck down? Surely not. But this is the greatest missionary who's ever lived and it was part of his story. And maybe sometimes it's going to be part of our story. We certainly haven't read the Bible and truly understood it. Perhaps we've been more consumed with consumer society and entitlement rather than the Word of God that teaches these twin tracks of great opposition, great challenge, great difficulty, but in the midst of it, great glory and great breakthrough. I mean, look at the life of Jesus, if you don't believe it, and he's the one we've followed, and we're people who are called to take up our cross daily. Ew, We look back at the great revival movements of the past. You know, we look, the times of Booth and Wesley are our kind of, aren't they? We talk about them more than any other, the great 19th century revivals. Read the stories and tell me there's not a God who can change the world Read the stories of what happened under the ministry of William Booth and John Wesley in the 19th century when Britain was getting drunk on gin and our inner cities were like desperate poorest of the poor. Just terrible, terrible people were running away from the church as fast as they could. And then the Spirit came under the ministry of these two amazing men. Booth said, we must be on to something good because hell is evidently excited by it. In 1882, 60, 60 buildings were all but destroyed by marauding gangs who just went around trying to wipe out the Salvation Army ministry. 669 soldiers were assaulted, including, including several who died, were kicked to death as these gangs just attacked the Salvation Army wherever they went imagine that as being your testimony at the end of the breakthrough year? The revival's come. Here's our testimony. John Wesley said, unless God has raised you up for this very thing, you'll be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. So how did Booth keep going? And other Christians would surely give up. And especially when people are pecking away men it's opposition from men and devils when people are chipping away the way they did at Paul one of the accusations from the church in Corinth was surely God's hand can't be on this man look at all the opposition and yet Paul saw that as a sure sign that God was with him It would even been promised to him on the Damascus road that he was going to suffer much so how did Booth keep going and Paul keep going and Wesley keep going how did John Wesley keep going when they kicked him out of the churches. He's just trying to preach the faithful gospel of free grace and they kick him out so he goes into the marketplace and he gets pelted with rocks and manure. He keeps going, keeps preaching in the open air and then the stories come of the Holy Spirit falling and whole regions being transformed. They kept going because they had a vision for the invisible. Paul probably suffered more opposition than any follower of Jesus. Jesus on the Damascus Road said, I'm going to show you what it looks like to suffer. And surely he did. He had beatings and whippings and stonings and hunger and nakedness. All the time he had to cope with flaky Christians who were giving in to the tide of culture, who thought they knew better than the word of God. And... Many who thought this persecution, like I say, was a sure sign that God wasn't with him. Here's his answer. Here's how he keeps going. Verses 16 to 18. He says, speaks to his soul. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, for what is unseen is, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. He started the chapter, if you remember, with these exactly the same words, we do not lose heart. It's easy to lose heart as a Christian. People are losing heart all over the place, especially at the moment. You know, I've talked about coronavirus being a passion killer. People are losing heart and passion. People are leaving the church in droves in one level another level there's some people who say no the harvest is on I am not we do not lose heart notice it's plural we do not lose heart we come together with God's people and we focus on eternity we sing praise we focus on his word we develop spiritual disciplines and we don't lose heart we get engaged in mission and we see all God can do with these beautiful stories and so we don't lose heart Paul needed to speak to his soul, to his heart and say, don't lose heart. Don't lose, don't lose heart at a time like this. Speak to your heart and soul at the start of 2022. I will not lose heart because I know that whatever I go through in this life, it's a speck in eternity. And only what's done for Jesus will last. Do you believe in it? Imagine the decisions we would make about our lifestyle, about the way we live. And about the things we do. If we really believed only what's done for Jesus will last. But Paul believed it. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He had a sure and a certain future of eternal pleasures at his right hand. Have you got that? Settle it in your heart this morning. Do you believe you're going to live forever? Do you believe only what's done for Jesus will last? No injustice, no disease, no pain, no suffering, no persecution there. Let's have our eggs in that basket, not in this fading basket here on earth. I had a funny thing happen over Christmas. Went for a little prayer walk around the block and walked past Sainsbury's and sat outside Sainsbury's. is Sean, the local homeless guy, and I kind of nodded. Um, all right, Sean. All right. Uh, went off on my prayer walk. Then I felt a bit convicted about it. I said, you know what? I hardly ever talked to Sean. So I went back as this Irish fella. How you doing, Sean? Oh, I'm good, Andy. <laughs> so uh, can I get you anything from Sainsbury's? What would you like, mate? And I was like, let's really bless this guy. Whatever he wants, whatever daft request he makes, probably not a bottle of whiskey, but anything else I would have bought Sean. And he says, oh, no, I'm fine, Andy. I've got my cup of coffee. Uh, someone's given me a Greg's voucher for my breakfast. I've got my Costa Coffee voucher for my lunch. I'll be sleeping in Trinity Church doorway tonight. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> I'm like, wow, go for it, Sean. And so I said, "Uh, can I pray for you then, mate? He said, oh, I pray every night, Andy. I pray to the big man upstairs and he's helped me this far and told his story about they moved him into a um, hotel room and he hated it. Oh, that television, I can't be doing it. Much rather sit out here, Andy, and chat to the folk. And I thought, you know what? Sean, Oh, with all your issues, and I'm guessing with some significant mental health challenges, you're richer than many people I know. You know what I'm saying? Richer than people who are just chasing, chasing, chasing. Never stop with any sense of gratitude. Don't have any sense of the eternal. I remember going to Haiti, a different story, but I remember going to Haiti a few years ago and there'd been an atrocious mudslide. Because, you know, they basically, they, they ravage the hillsides for, for charcoal. And it's typical, you know, the poor always get the poo end of the stick. So there's no trees on the hillside. So when it rains, the mud pours down into this place called Lagunarve in the, in the valley. And it was like 10 foot of mud. And I remember walking in this church. And it was just full of filth. It stank, 10 foot mudslide. it taken us hours and hours to get there through the floods. And we were like four hours late for our meeting and they were all waiting for us, singing in Creole. And I said to Timothy, Pastor Timothy, what are they singing? Because it was this beautiful, you know, beautiful singing that they've been singing for four hours waiting for us. And he said, uh, they're singing because of all my difficulties. Jesus died for me. Because of all my difficulties, Jesus died for me. It's not a song we'd sing. It just doesn't fit in our mindset. We'd sing, because of all our difficulties, Jesus chose to give us the best life. Because of all our difficulties, Jesus set us free and set us on a better path. No, because of all our difficulties, He died for me and because of his death and his resurrection this crap we're surrounded by now is not what we need to live with we can have a vision for eternity and those beautiful people in Haiti you know many of them probably because they die young and they have all the worst diseases many of those people will be in heavenly mansions right now and just experiencing the sheer joy of the Lord and all that light and momentary troubles will have achieved for them an eternal glory that far outweighs them all do you get me? Oh, lift our eyes, Lord, and help us to look for eternity. Live like we're going to live. Serve like we're going to serve. Do whatever it takes. Give, go. Just live like this is our one speck in eternity. It would transform everything if we truly believed it, if our feet weren't so stuck down. And now if you're doing things that are against the Word of God, stop them because you're going to live forever. If you're not reaching your friends, start reaching the friends because heaven is forever. Jesus died to give us the best life in the life to come. And I'm not denying for a second there are moments of ecstatic joy and breakthrough. There's nothing like the Christian life in terms of experiencing heaven breaking in. But if our expectation is God's going to sort out every problem and every difficulty means that he's not with us, rubbish, rubbish. I also read this yesterday, which I loved. And I think I've read it before. It might be in Purpose Driven Life. But Rick Warren, who's ace. In fact, I should have put this picture up. You got that picture? Yes. I should have said, who's this? But I've given it away now. (laughs) This is somebody you won't recognize. It's called Jimmy Warren. Jimmy Warren was Rick Warren's dad. I've all heard of Rick Warren. And he gave his life to pastoring little rural churches in America. And he, he built around 150 churches in the developing world. And that's what he loved to do, go out and minister. In every continent on earth, he built churches and planted churches. He's just a beautiful man of God. And uh, sure, he's in heaven, welcoming all those millions of people who've been impacted through his son's life and the amazing ministry of Saddleback and the purpose-driven stuff. But anyway, when he was dying, Jimmy Warren was taken to... Rick's sister's house for you know they had like hospice care for her and uh, this is what Rick Warren said about the final hours of his dad's life <laughs> well in the last week he was hallucinating a lot he was dreaming aloud I sat by his bed and I, I listened to my dad talking his dreams you can learn a lot by listening to somebody's dreams I didn't hear him talk about being a War hero in World War II, which he was, or the movies he'd read or books he'd read. Movies movies he'd watch, or books he'd read. I never heard him talk about fishing, which he dearly loved. During the last week of Jimmy's life, he relived his building projects around the world. Go get that lumber. Make sure you're back on time. This is how this wire and joints fit together. Then on the night before he died, Jimmy did something that surprised everyone. Rick and his wife Kay and their niece had been sitting attentively, he was in a dreamlike state and he became very agitated and started to try to get out of bed. Jimmy, you can't get out of bed, Kay said. Whatever you need, we'll get it for you. He kept trying to get up and kept insisting. Jimmy, you're sick and you're weak. He could hardly, hardly stand up and his body would wasted away due to the ravages of the disease and the fact that he'd stopped eating. Just tell us what you need, they insisted. Undeterred. He kept trying to get out of bed. Finally, Kay's voice developed a stern tone and she said, Jimmy, you're dying. You can't get out of bed. Whatever you need, just tell us and we'll be glad to give it to you. What he said next stunned them. I've got to save one more for Jesus. I've got to save One more for Jesus. He began to repeat it over and over again. I'm not exaggerating, Rick recalled. In the next hour, he must have said it over a hundred times. Moved by the extraordinary testimony, Rick knelt down by his father's bed with tears running down his cheeks. I was thanking God for the heritage of my father like that. I bowed my head and thanked God for him. Like the biblical patriarch Jacob, Jimmy offered his final blessing. My dad reached up his hands, very frail, and put them on my head like a blessing and said, Rick, reach one more for Jesus. Reach one more for Jesus. Right there, I intended that that was to be the theme for the rest of my life. On my deathbed, I want my charge to be, reach one more for Jesus. Reach one more for Jesus, Jimmy's in eternity now. Reach one more for Jesus. This is our one chance in eternity. Listen to what Paul says as he comes to his climax. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow for the glory of God. I want the grace of God this year to reach more and more people so that that can be the overflow of glory. Whatever it takes, whatever we have to go through to get there, a team together with a vision for eternity. I've got to reach one more for Jesus. Would you stand with me? Maybe stand where you are, watching online. The Lord's there with you. God, give us a vision for the things that really count. Please fulfill your word to us. We've had the Credible prophecies spoken into this ministry and into our lives, fulfill that word. Whatever it takes, Lord, help us to step up, serve, give, go. Lord, today, would you give the message, trust every one of us, every person watching online, whoever we are, however messed up we've been in 2021, will you this morning, Lord, give us a vision for the invisible. We say together, we do not lose heart. We're not going to be people who lose heart at a time like this when the gospel still works and heaven is still forever. Wake us up, Jesus, by your Holy Spirit this morning and help us to live all out for you. Thank you, Lord.